Blog Talk Hello? Radio. Good evening, this is Robert Fisher, and I'm your host tonight for a really special show about crystals with Colleen McCann. Now, Colleen is calling in, and there's a little problem me bringing her on board. Um, I'm looking at my dashboard. Hold on. Colleen, can you hear me? We're having a little bit of technical problems here tonight. Just hold on, please. Uh, I was unable to bring her on the show. I hope she calls back. Uh, uh, Let's see. So uh, here we are on Monergy Life. I'm your host, Robert Fisher. Uh, Colleen, I'm just hoping you will call back. Um, We had a little problem bringing you on the air. Uh, let's see. Just one second, everybody. Well, while Colleen is calling back, um, let me just give you a little brief intro on the show. Uh, she's the author of a new book called Crystal RX, a daily ritual for cultivating calm, achieving your goals, and rocking your inner gem boss. Colleen is a really interesting uh person, not only because of her interest in shaman, uh, shamanism, but also her specialty on crystals. Uh, Colleen, please call in. <laughs> um, there was some problem with my dashboard and me bringing her on. Um, let's see. Just hold on, folks. Hopefully she will call back any moment. Well, I'm hoping Colleen will call back. There was some problem me bringing her on the show with my dashboard. So, Colleen, if you're listening, please call back. I don't have your phone number, Uh, so it's hard for me to reach you, but... um, I'm really hoping you will call back any moment. So the show is about crystals, and Colleen is the expert. So we're hoping she will call back so we can discuss her new book, Crystal Rx, like I mentioned. Uh, Let me open the chat room and see who's here. Uh, Let's see. Well, folks, I'm really apologizing for this. I don't know why she hasn't called back. There was some issue in me bringing her on the air, and she does need to call back before I can do that. Uh, Let's see. Really apologize for this, and I have so many questions to ask her about crystals and uh, ah, here she is. Great. <clears throat> Colleen. Hello. Yeah, hi. There was some Hello. problem. I know you. Yeah, Colleen, it's Robert. And, uh, you're on Marjorie Life. How are you? Hi. Hello. I know you called in earlier. Hello. Hi. You know, there was some problem on my dashboard 
uh, in me bringing you on to the show, and I was hoping you were going to call back. I saw your, you called in, but for some reason the call didn't take, and I, had to, oh. it, it, I wasn't able to bring you on the show. But here you are. <laughs> here I am. It's all so, sorted out. So welcome to the show. How are you this evening? Good. Thank you for having me. Well, it's my pleasure to have you on for many different levels. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, full disclosure to our listeners, uh, I was in shaman school a few weeks ago in Nashville, and Colleen was one of the teachers, and it was really an amazing experience. So I want to thank you again for what you and Stephen and Flamicia did. It truly was a one-of-a-kind experience introducing uh, me to something that I've always been interested in and uh, totally fascinating. So thank you again for all your efforts in that regard. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you for that beautiful feedback. It's, it's, it's our pleasure. Right. And, you know, you were kind enough to send me an advanced copy of your book, Crystal Rx. And I have to say it's such a beautiful production uh, even physically, the pictures in it, the illustrations are really beautiful. And please consider me a novice in terms of what I know about crystals, because I know pretty much very, very little about crystals. And I, mm-hmm. I learned something about it on the weekend in Nashville. But, you know, prior to going there, I didn't really know much about the power of stones and what they really mean. So uh, your book is really a beautiful representation and a real primer for somebody like me who doesn't know very much about crystals. Uh, So it's a beautiful production. I wanted to tell you that first off. And also what really impressed me was that you share the book with so many interesting people who you interview. What gave you the idea to do that? Because I think it's a great idea. Oh, well, um, that that was actually an easy one for me. Um, before I was a shaman, I worked in the fashion industry for 15 years, and I worked on the editorial side of fashion. So magazines are something that I understand, and they always say, do what you know and do what you love, right? So when I got approached about writing this book with Harper Collins, I thought to myself, okay, besides obviously hearing my voice, something that people always ask me is, well, okay, now I'm into crystals. So like, what else can I do with them? And so I thought, oh my gosh, why not do editorial style interviews with other people across every type of profession? So we have from technology to beauty, to food, to jewelry that work with crystals in all these different ways. And I wanted people to see how versatile they are in all the different places that they are actually can be used in different capacities. So if you don't want to meditate with a crystal, that's fine. But maybe you want to drink it with gem water or, you know, a very basic thing. We have epitaxial crystals in our cell phone. So when people tell me they don't work with crystals, I always say, well, if you own a smartphone, you actually do. Right. Right. I, I read that interview with the unnamed Silicon Valley uh, expert, <laughs> which was also fascinating um, to know that. I, I didn't know that there were crystals and everything either. Yeah, yeah. They are literally all over the place. And I think that was, you know, they're not only across all these different professions, but 
um, the last 11 years that I've been diving into the mystical rabbit hole, the other thing I found was every practice or modality or teacher I studied with, there was always a, a crystal somewhere in the practice or within that modality. And I also found that super interesting that there was just, you know, the crystal's always been the thread, if you will, and everything I've done. Right. Uh, you know, it was interesting. I was uh, talking with a friend earlier uh, over lunch, and he was telling me how he had a friend who wore a crystal around her neck. And for some reason, one day she either misplaced it or didn't have it around her neck. And she had a really bad asthma attack. And as soon as she found the crystal, put it around her neck, the asthma attack stopped. Mm. Does that seem unusual to you, or is that something that you've heard of? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I'd say it this way. There's a crystal for everything, and there's crystals that relate to to health, right? Like there's a crystal called lipidolite that's good for anxiety. Um, malachite actually ends up in a lot of beauty products and I call that the Botox of the crystal world so hearing that there was a crystal that you know someone felt was helping to temper their asthma doesn't sound crazy to me right I I think it's really great and uh, you know the fact that this book is coming out now I think the timing is perfect because people are definitely more open to different healing modalities that are available. And I think crystals really have to be considered as something that can be a really uh, important part of somebody's routine. I think it's a really, your timing I think is excellent with the book. I really do. Thank you. And I have to say that your journey in Peru the adventure to, and I hope I'm going <laughs> to pronounce this right. <laughs> Cocha, who is that? Right? Cocha Moco. Right? <clears throat> Cocha Moco. That's right. <laughs> that sounds really exotic and climbing what 16,000 feet above sea level or so. Uh, yeah. That must've been quite an experience by the way. It was an experience. Um, and I, I went with some really amazing women um, so the two people I was traveling with, besides there was also a, like a, a caravan, which I can get into that. So um, as you mentioned, the photos in my book, one thing when I was putting this book together, I was like, well, I need an editorial photographer. I come from that world. So um, long story short, I ended up meeting a woman named Amy Dickerson, who's um, a regular photographer for the New York Times and some other media outlets. And she agreed to do, to do my book. And then we also, so she came to Peru with me and documented the whole thing. And then another woman named Hannah Ray Porst, who is the founder of a nonprofit called uh, the Wilco Yachai Foundation. And Hannah spends her time between LA and Peru and she's constantly helping the Caro. And for your listeners, those are when you think of like the Peruvian indigenous shamans, the people and all the beautiful, bright weavings, that's who she works with. And um, they live at very, very high altitudes. And she's helped them build a health center and schools and all these different things that 
the, you know, the caro are asking for, right, that they feel they need in their community. And so I traveled with these two women, and we drove until the end of the line, literally. So you make it to 14,500 feet after all these windy back roads, like hours and hours of this. And we got out, and there was in the grass waiting for us a team of horsemen and the president of Cochamoco village. And they escorted us up the mountain. So what happens next is you get on the back of a horse and you go at a 45 degree angle up a mountain for two hours. And um, the weather changes every five minutes. It's sunny, it's rainy, it's windy, there's hail, um, all the conditions that you could think of. And so you finally get up to the top and there's this beautiful secret lake up there. It's literally you and a bunch of llamas bouncing around up there. And then you get off the horses and they smack the horses on the ass and the horses tear off somewhere with your like backpacks and stuff on them. And I said, where are they going? And they said, Oh, well, we're too heavy for the rest of the climb. I thought the climb was over and we went, uh, another hour and a half on foot to this village um, because the horses couldn't handle, we had to go down a little bit on an incline so the horses couldn't handle us on their backs in that way for that long. So we, we walked and then it was literally for your, for your listeners that are old enough to know, like the only way I can describe this is like, it was like walking up on Brigadoon, like the mist parted and there was like out of the mist came this, this stone and thatched village and a lot of those homes are like 250 plus years old all i can say so that's how is, i got there so did finally the uh, um do you finally get your backpacks up there how did the horses get up to the, the on the last um last element of the climb if you know how did they how did you meet with your resources well they knew where to go and that's what our our horse wranglers told us because i was like oh my god where are they going and they said they know where to go you know no no problem um so they they met us there i mean they got there way faster than we did so to give people a perspective on this like you have to carry portable oxygen with you just in case. And then we know that when we're flying, we turn on, we can turn on our electronics at 10,000 feet and I was at 16,000 feet. So if that gives you an idea of how high we were. Did you have trouble breathing when you were up that high? Absolutely. And so for anyone, obviously that's, that's traveling to Peru. um, First of all, Hannah, who runs Wokiyachi I put together all these special trips for people. So if you look her up and want to travel with her, she's amazing. I literally trust that woman with my life. Um, but what happens is like when you go to Peru, anybody goes, you have to acclimatize at the lower altitudes first. So we acclimatized for five days to be able to actually make the climb and I had a low-grade headache the whole time. You have to chew coca leaves the whole time you're there to help temper the altitude sickness. Um, and, like, you go up a, a flight of stairs, and you're going to be winded. I don't care how, how in shape you are. And 
we actually had to have someone with us to carry my photographer's you know, just about like a 20 pound backpack, no problem here. But like between with the altitude, it, like she couldn't keep it on her back. Cause like walking up the upstairs is a challenge. Huh. Wow. Cause we're just, our bodies aren't used to it. Of course. Of course. So how long did you stay at that village that was at the top? Um, we were there for three days. And were many of the people there shamans? Would you say most of the people there are shamans who are living there? So there's 14 villages in what is called Karos, so the high mountain region. Um, 14 villages. This village, Kochimoko, happens to have the highest concentration of shamans of all the villages. And when we were there, we met with um, the elder weaver, and she was teaching us about the weavings and how even down to certain colors in a weaving, it's indigenous literally to a tiny area. And the weaving patterns are also indigenous to certain families or to certain areas. So we were watching her weave and they weave, again, the weather changes constantly and they have kind of a half, um, like a half covered area outside and the ladies just sit there and, and weave all day. And we also met with um, the coca leaf reader. And so he did um, divination or a, a fortune telling for me. And for people that don't understand exactly what that means, when you think about doing something like you, you've heard people say about like tea leaf readings, it's kind of that right. idea. So the coca leaf reader blows into the leaves and throws the leaves on the ground and, and will give you will give you a reading off of what he's seen in the leaves. And that's how they do divination work at 16,000 feet. So when you got your reading, uh, how long ago was this? Like a year or two, something like that? It was, it was, I can tell you it was the uh, last December. Oh, so approximately a year ago. Yeah. Now, did some of those things come true from the reading? They did. <laughs> they did. Okay. I, I mean, I had no doubt that the man I met with, I could feel his, his, you know, very, like, powerful and intuitive energy about him. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he was spot on. Wow. So, my, uh, all listeners, if you want to get a good reading of your life, Colleen has just told you where you have to go. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing about it was, um, so Hannah, who we traveled with, she's American, but she speaks fluent Spanish and then also fluent Quechua, which is a derivative of of an, uh, an a non-written down, only verbal Incan language. And so Hannah, I know Hannah, and then the school teacher from the village sat in on my reading to interpret what uh, the man was telling me. Fascinating. It's so fascinating. Fascinating stuff. So after going to what's almost the ends of the earth, you know, that's what it sounds like (laughs) to me or 
something out of a dream of sorts, right? Um, when you yeah. came back from that, how has your experience changed? How has it changed your perspective on, let's say, life in California or New York? I mean, it's got to have changed you in a major way. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, the biggest thing I remember feeling around perspective was obviously, yes, I, I inherently know to respect the earth. And then, uh, you know, Robert, as you can attest to when you come to shaman school and start to engage with shaman training, you're again really learning how to respect the earth, right? The earth, the trees, the water, all the elements and how powerful they are. And when I got up to 16,000 feet where there's, there's not a lot up there, right? Like trees can't even grow up there. Um, oh. And we were literally sleeping under the blanket of a glacier and this wild river running. And it, it's just like the elements are changing every five minutes and like literally being there knowing that, mother nature could fucking crush me at any minute, basically. Like, and so I think this whole thing that you especially hear around the Peruvian shamanic community, because they, they show a lot of respect to, to mountain energy or, and there's different mountain spirits that live in the different mountains for them. That this whole idea around really respecting the mountain and working with the mountain to survive was right in my face. Like, I, I finally understood. It took me to go to 16,000 feet to really understand what that meant. Hmm. Wow. And, and what did you find any further insight into crystals when you were at that height? Did you find crystals there? I, well, I kind of found crystals there. So there's, um, I learned more about, uh, so there's a certain type of uh crystal called a chumpy stone and so if you ever meet a Peruvian shaman they're always going to have this one certain type of stone and these stones come from the different Peruvian mountains they get hand carved and they actually carve them so there's a different number of um, points on each crystal and each number of points represents a different mountain that it's associated with and they use these crystals in their medicine bag to do divination practices, to do healing and all these things. So, um, you know, all the shamans were very gracious in opening their medicine bags to me and, and showing me what they had inside. So I got to learn more about um, the chimpy stones past my own personal training and, and shaman school. So that was pretty fascinating and um it's also nice to see like they have all these markets there and so you can you see right away what the the crystals are that are native to peru because that's pretty much like they're not importing crystals there right there again it's their it's work with the land so the crystals that are there are what's there in the market right it's pretty fascinating stuff, I have to say. Uh, you know, for our listeners, what prompted your initial interest in crystals? <laughs> um, well, that's a funny story. So probably it was about 11 years ago. I was in my local bodega in New York City, 
and I started hearing voices and I went in in the middle of the night to get a sandwich and at like two o'clock in the morning, I heard a man's voice say, there's going to be a fight about banana and the man's going to be 32 cents short. And I spun around and nobody's there. And I walk up to the counter and a man, of course, like gruffly comes in, slams the bananas down on the counter. And these two gentlemen start going at it about the cost of bananas. And I just thought, oh, my God, I'm not only tired, I now need antipsychotics. And so that I know, right? So then I start seeing ghosts walking through the walls of my Brooklyn apartment and I'm having premonition dreams. And I literally had uh, random people in New York coming up to me on the subway platform telling me I was a healer and I needed to get help. Um, so that stuff started happening at a very rapid rate, probably I'd say like 28, 29. And I was obviously like, I can laugh about it now, but for anyone else that's ever going through an opening like that and is listening to this, like, it's, it's really traumatic if you don't have a support system in place for something like that. So sure. I went and <laughs> I went and um, told a friend what was going on with me. And she recommended that I meet a certain someone to go that, that uh, was in a crystal store. And I was like, Oh, okay. I like you know, crystals, whatever that looks like jewelry. So I was like, sure, I'll go in a crystal store. And so I get there, and this woman says, what crystals do you like? And I said, this, this, and this. And I picked out the necklaces, of course, right, because I'm a fashion person. So, And she goes, oh. And she starts doing a reading off of the stones I chose. And I literally was, like, standing there trying, like, trying to hold back tears and obviously super freaked out. And I said, how did you know that? And she said, oh, the crystals, of course. Uh, okay. So I bought those crystals and she told me to wear them. And then I came back a couple of weeks later and again, like I picked out some more crystals and she, again, you know, pretty much nailed me to the wall with what was going on and very, very specific stuff. Um, and that's when I started to become a believer. And as they say, when the student's ready, the teacher will come. My crystal teacher obviously had showed up. And then another woman who I worked with, once a week for three years, um, honing my intuitive abilities before I even ventured into shaman school. So shaman school wasn't like um, something that happened right away. And I wasn't like, oh, yay, I'm going to leave my fashion career and, you know, uproot my whole life and become a shaman. I went kicking and screaming. And the whole purpose of me doing any of this at first in my head was to either get rid of the voices uh, to work with the voices, um, but it was and and go back to my you know my regular job on set, right? And just go back to my regular life. And I thought this was just going to be a blip on the radar, and my whole life changed. And what I at the time it felt like you know the biggest curse to me ever. What was going on with my intuitive abilities has become my greatest blessing and greatest gift. Right. It's interesting how these things evolve. Uh, it's it's pretty fascinating. And, um, you know, in the few minutes left, I can't believe this half hour has flown. Uh, could you tell us 
some of the uh, things that you do with crystals uh, in terms of um, helping people, uh, healing, working with their homes, cleansing their homes? What are some of the uh, services you offer? Absolutely. So the one, my, the one that everyone comes to me for is the, the intuitive crystal reading. And that's what I do most in private sessions with my clients. So just like that guy on the mountain that was reading leaves, I read crystals. Um, you can also use crystals to help balance your home. And so that kind of brings feng shui into things. So there's basically I'm looking at a certain type of chart and it helps me understand where to put homes to basically help you uh, maximize your own energy and the energy of your home so that everything stays running smoothly. Um, You can meditate with crystals. You can uh, do crystal grids in your home. You can make gem water with crystals. There are just a million different things that that you can do. Right. Well, you know, we've only been able to touch the surface. And I, I know that the stories that you told about your adventure uh, in Peru, uh, I, I read about it in the book. But, you know, just hearing you uh, talk about it um, is really very exciting, and I'm sure to our listeners, too. And I'm sure it really whets their appetite. Uh, to learn more about it. And your new book is called Crystal Rx. It's put out by HarperCollins. My guest tonight, Colleen McCann. Um, Colleen, this went way too fast. I want to thank you so much for being on the show. (laughs) I loved your book. I think our listeners will too. And if anything, it will give them an opening into another modality which can help them heal and help them enhance their lives. So, once again, thank you for appearing on the show. It's been a real pleasure to have you on Monergy Life. And uh, I want to wish you a beautiful evening. Are you in California now? I am. I'm in California at the moment. Well, but I'll be back to New York the, soon. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Well, let me know when you're back. Um, okay. I, and... Um, I want to thank you for being on the show. I I know that I've learned so much from reading your book and I'm just at the beginning point in in terms of learning about crystals, but I could already feel the power. And as you know, I'm into energy, a different kind of energy, but this is only complementary to my knowledge that I have already. And I'm looking forward to learning more about it. So Thank you again. Thank you for being a, an incredible teacher at Shaman School. Thank you for your book on crystals. Mm. And um, thank you to all the listeners who tuned in tonight uh, to hear Colleen McCann. So uh, wonderful show. Thank you again. And good night to everybody. Good night, Colleen. Have a wonderful evening. Good night. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye.